Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Gadget Flow. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am talking with Ben Nepler and Nelson Warley, co-founders of True Places. So these guys have created an amazing, beautiful folding chair, you know, that allows you to actually enjoy the outdoors in a more modern way. So really excited, Ben, Nelson, thank you guys for joining me on the show today. Thanks for having us, Roy. Yeah, yeah thank you. So I don't think the outdoor chair has been revolutionized ever. You know, it's just filled with flimsy, cheap products that are out there. So I'm kind of uh, very inspired to understand what the inspiration behind this was to create True Places. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. We, we, we had the similar, we had a similar take as you. Um, we were spending, Ben and I sort of both recognized we were spending so much time outdoors, not necessarily the great outdoors, but what you just talked about, sort of all of those moments just outside your door. And we, we were sitting for hours and we were sitting uh, for hours in cheap, sort of portable chairs uh, that aren't very comfortable weren't sort of designed uh, sort of for modern day. And so we thought we could we could do it better. So what's your backgrounds on this? Like, where did you guys come from to uh, have the inspiration to bring a new product to market? Yeah, we uh, we worked together years ago, actually, at, at a big consumer products company. I was only there for a few years. Uh, Nelson was there for almost almost 15 years. And we worked together in, in the innovation group there. Um, and we were involved with launching brands and, and products in the context of, of large companies. And so we have some background in, in kind of not in the, the technical details of product development, but in thinking about, about markets and, and consumers and, and understanding consumers and thinking about those opportunities. And so I, I think at least for me, just having a bit of that background Gave me a, a little bit more confidence in taking what you know in in any case is a is a huge leap, um, but we've been thinking about this for for probably a few years um, on our own. And when we realized that we were both thinking about similar things, uh, we started talking more more seriously about it um, a little over a year ago. Went into some uh, more extensive kind of consumer research and realized we weren't the only ones like thinking this. And we kind of, it was a bit of an aha moment looking at each other and saying, you know what, maybe, maybe we could actually do something here. How did that research start, right? You know, like I know a lot of the entrepreneurs we talk to and, you know, just that are, that are wanting to get started for the research phase of these things. What, what did you guys do to look and see that there was, you know, a viability or an opportunity out there to reinvent the outdoor chair? Yeah, I, I think um, Ben's, to Ben's point, that's where some of our experience came in. I mean, we're, we're pretty comfortable on the research side of things. I think we started, we, we sort of knew this 
these opportunities were, we thought these opportunities were meaningful to others. They're certainly meaningful to us. So we, we tapped into friends, friends of friends to talk with them. We wanted to sort of learn about, you know, how they spend their time and what, you know, they're feeling in these moments. Uh, we actually, we also did a lot of, you know, use case uh, research. So we spent a lot of time, you know, on the sidelines or um, the, a favorite of Ben and I's is there's a sort of beer garden here in Philadelphia where they have, uh, you know, they have a lot of uh, sort of outdoor, uh, you know, furniture where you can just go and, and, and hang out. So we did that a number of times. So we observed and, and talked to a lot of people to try to understand what the, you know, really what the pain points what the problems were in these moments. So you figure out the pain points and then you start designing around that. So talk a little bit about some of the features that you guys have included in this chair in terms of, you know, the ergonomics, the design, the carryability, the, you know, the sophistication of the sustainable materials that you guys have put into it. A ton of thought has gone into this. It is just not an average chair. So talk about some of that and some of those challenges that you guys encountered when designing the product. Yeah, that's a great, it's a great question. Coming out of the research, we had a huge list of, um, of things that people wanted or things that people needed or pain points. Um, and one of the big challenges was figuring out out of that huge list, like which ones were really meaningful for people and, and which ones are kind of nice to have and, and fun, fun for ourselves. So we did, we did a lot, uh, Kind of more research beyond that as well. We we did some some kind of online surveys and trying to understand, you know, if people had to choose between some of this stuff, how w- what was most important to them. Um, and when we we started working with uh, a, an amazing industrial designer um, who's based in New York, but he's he's originally from from the Netherlands um, and has just a great uh, kind of eye and, and aesthetic for 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 kind of modern furniture. We started working pretty closely with him, understanding what what was possible. Um, it was clear from our research that comfort is, is clearly kind of the number one thing with with a chair, and it's probably the area where there's been the least amount of of innovation in the last decades. Really, a lot of uh, a lot of outdoor chairs, to the extent that they're very portable, um, tend to be to, to kind of sacrifice the, the comfort. And anything that's really comfortable tends to be essentially a patio chair that you can't really take with you. And so our, our biggest challenge um, that, that we worked with with our industrial designer on was how do you how do you get a much better balance of, of comfort and, and portability? So how do you get the the portability of, of kind of a traditional uh, kind of camping chair together with the comfort that you might find in a, in a patio chair? And, Turns out it's actually not not trivial. There may be a reason that this hasn't been done over decades. That it's from an engineering perspective is is quite challenging to do. But what we eventually got to was a way to uh, create kind of tension in the seat so that the chair actually stays taut when you sit on it, which is just so much more comfortable than than sagging down into a, into a chair, but in a way that also folds up. So, you know, we have a, a patent pending folding design that enables us to combine those two things. So, so that was clearly the number one. It was also clear that there were other pain points around the carrying bag. Uh, it was definitely a big one that, you know, it's been a bit of a race to the bottom over the past couple of decades. 
in this whole category of just making things as as uh, as cheaply as possible at the expense of any kind of quality. So we've upgraded the the carrying bag to enable people to carry it over the shoulder or messenger style, and actually connect two of them so you can carry probably two chairs backpack. Uh, we added a, a bunch of other features that we realized were important to people as well, whether that's a cup holder that can move from the right side to the left or bottle openers under under each arm. It's definitely kind of our personal favorite uh, feature, as well as hooks on the back to, to put the carrying bag. You know, one of the things that we noticed was uh, people really struggle with the, the bags of uh, regular chairs. And it, once they've got it out of the bag, they have no idea what to do with the bag. So, you know, it seemed like a pretty obvious uh, solution to, to create somewhere to put that. So, you know, there's a variety of different features along those lines. And then when it comes to the materials, in addition to just making sure that we use kind of the highest quality materials that we could, so we're, we're using a lightweight aluminium that is durable and, and really strong, but it's also very, very lightweight. For the carrying bag, we're using... Uh, recycled polyester so it's made of of uh, recycled plastic bottles and just having a little bit being a, a little bit more responsible on the sustainability side was also important for us absolutely i absolutely love the fact that you can clip these two bags together and carry them like a backpack i um uh, you know i've i've fallen prey to the the cheaper bag or uh, chairs out there and carrying them is an absolute nuisance especially when you've got multiple chairs for the kids and all that so truly love the overall design and inspiration of the uh, option to connect both of these bags together and carry them much more efficiently so nelson you were talking a little bit about getting some feedback early on from friends and family uh, at the beer garden, should you go there uh, more often? Talking about that feedback, how did you guys end up compiling all of that and then weighing what features to include in the product when it launches and then what ones potentially to add on in terms of additional SKUs or options for the chairs? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. And the it's one that we continue to ask ourselves as we think about, you know, additional accessories and, uh, Sort of future future products, you know, it's the process. I think if you do it enough times in talking with people that are really passionate about these moments, that are really engaged and really want to, you know, the people you talk to that, you know, an hour goes by and they they can't stop talking about it. You know, those are the ones that are really engaged and and you you find are sort of the bullseye target for these. You, you want to understand what Ben alluded to it, but what are the most important uh, benefits to provide them? And if you do that enough times, you start to get to some patterns. So that really helped us prioritize. Now, the, the question about sort of you, because we've built this, the design, this chair uh, in a way that allows you to, to move the cup holder. Um, uh, there's a cell phone holder as an additional add-on. You can think of other products uh, or other accessories that you can put there. So we are working on sort of prioritizing what those are. In terms of new products, there, you know, these moments are, you know, these moments are really important to people. It's it's what they want to do when they're not working. And so I think it is it is both chair products. So you know, we have one size chair. You can think about other sizes or for other use cases. But there's also a host of other things that people are taking with them in these moments that don't necessarily match the quality of the experience. And for us, 
that's an important part of the brand that we're creating is how do we create their modern, uh, you know, modern design, but with the quality that they come to expect in these moments. And so it's a pretty high bar. And so we're, we're certainly not rushing into the next product. I think we want to similar to this. Well, we first have to, you know, get this product off the ground, but similar to the process here, we want to really sort of seek to understand from, you know, from people what they're looking for and how we can best delight them. Absolutely. So the Kickstarter campaign will launch tomorrow, but obviously when this airs, it'll already be active. So don't worry, audience, we'll make sure to link to it and everything so you can check it out. But let's jump into a little bit of the, the preparation work in terms of from the marketing standpoint and the storytelling standpoint of reaching the Kickstarter community and the early adopter audience that's out there. Talk a little bit about some of that prep work that you guys have done, you know, working on the launch of this campaign. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is really kind of the launch of, of this product. It's the launch of our brand. It's it's the first one of our first big step into the market. So we're kind of starting from from scratch. Um, we're really excited about tapping into the Kickstarter community. I mean, it's it, it's an incredible community where where a they're excited about innovation and new ideas. So speaking to, to, to that group is, is incredi- an incredible opportunity at the beginning. They're also you know, willing to help get something started and, and, and want to help make something happen, which is obviously really important for us at, at the beginning. And then thirdly, they, they also understand that there's a lot of work behind the scenes to, to make a, a product happen and bring it to market. And they understand that they might not be getting it for, for a number of months, and they're okay with that. So it's an incredible opportunity for, for us, uh, and we're really excited about, about kind of engaging that community. We did, in preparation, do a small amount of testing online, trying to understand what messages and, and what images are going, going to resonate the most, um, trying to build up a, a little bit of, of buzz before we officially launch so that we can get off to a good start. And then, you know, in the in this sort of pre-launch campaign uh, or phase, um, just before we've been launching, we, we, we've tried to um, start establishing a little bit of a presence on, on social media, make sure that we, we have a great, great video, great campaign page, and, and all of those types of things. Wonderful. So you've been working with us over here at Inventus Partners for a while now on prepping this launch. What were some of those considerations that you guys went through in terms of choosing an agency to, to launch your baby with? Oh, that, that's a great question. And one that given our background uh, in marketing and brand, you know, we worked with a lot of agencies over the, you know, 15 plus years. And so for us, it started with you know, we, we did a lot of due diligence and interviewed a lot of people. I think really what sparked to us with Inventus was a real feeling of a partnership. It, it that you know we this is Ben alluded to it. This is our baby, and so we we you know we are you know we we want to make sure that this this brand uh, and this product we give it the best uh, possible you know possible shot at success. And so having a partner that sort of understood the positioning what we were trying to do with the product and then could sort of partner uh, and bring an area of expertise uh, that you bring, um, not just in marketing, but specifically in crowdfunding, because, you know, we're new to this. To be able to partner with you has been great. So 
we've really enjoyed that. It's been collaborative and, uh, you know, insightful. And so we're, we're really excited about tomorrow and, uh, you know, and seeing what happens. Absolutely. I know the team over here is really excited about the launch as well, as well as getting their hands on this product because it's just beautifully engineered. <laughs> um, so I'm excited to hear what potential future products are you guys planning on rolling out? Or if you guys don't want to drop any, you know, uh, hints to anyone, that's fine too. But uh, I definitely see, you know, a lot of additional SKUs or vertical integrations into this product line really opening up the outdoor space for you. Yeah, I mean, Nelson uh, spoke to it a little a little bit before, you know, we're, we're obviously right now focused on on trying to get the uh, the folding chair off off the ground. And with the help of the Kickstarter community, we're, we're hoping we're, we're going to be able to do that. Um, but as we as we take a step back and think about the future of of the of the company and of the brand, it's I think really important to us that we're not uh, we're not only a folding chair company that we're we're trying to uh, be relevant for these uh, for these occasions in, in people's lives that are just outside their door that we feel like there aren't many brands really speaking to in a in a meaningful way. So when you think about those occasions and the, and those moments. You can think about a range of different things that that people take with them and and use to enjoy those moments with family and friends. And so we've got we've we've got a, a bunch of different ideas about what that what that could mean. There are some kind of obvious ones that that link closely to the to the chair, but but maybe even beyond that as well. Beautiful. Tell me what the uh, the reason behind the name True Places. How did you guys come up with that? Yeah, that was actually uh, that was it was a. It was one of those. Uh, it was one of those great moments uh, as a founder. I, I think we've we've only been at this a little over a year now, but we can sort of reflect and and, and talk about that moment where we both saw it. We had we had um, you know diverged a bit on, in terms of the name. We, we we knew the positioning that we wanted, but we had sort of looked at different territories uh, of names, and one of the names on our list was from a quote from Herman Melville from Moby Dick, um, which is you know, one of my dad's favorite books. And the quote is, it's not down in any map, true places never are. And when we, when we saw the quote and we saw the name, it, it, was, a, it was really a perfect sort of encapsulation of, of what, what we wanted to try to do and we wanted to try to do with this brand, which is, you know, we all have those places. And so our, our job is certainly not to tell you what that place is. It's for you to sort of celebrate it and enjoy those moments. And so True Places is really born out of that idea. Beautiful. Well, I know people are going to be really excited to see this campaign when it goes live. Well, this is going to get us into our launch round. Ben, you drew the short stick. Uh, so you ready, <laughs> ready to get started? Let's do it. All right. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? Uh, that's... Uh... Yeah, that's an interesting question. I I didn't grow up with uh, with any idea about becoming an entrepreneur. I didn't have any any kind of role models in our in our family or, or or friends who are really doing anything like that. I think for me it was it's been a much more kind of recent thing. But it, the 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 kind of barriers to starting something now um, have really changed in the from from maybe. 15 or, t- or 20 years ago. And I think I got to the point in, in my life where it's a, a little bit of a cliche, but you just realize how short life is. And I've been thinking about it for a while and uh, it was time to jump in. Nice. So if you could, uh, let's say, sit by a fire 
outdoor fire and your true places chair with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Uh, I, I think as a, uh, as someone originally from, from the UK, I, I'd probably have to say Richard Branton, um, who's, uh, probably the, the most well-known English, uh, entrepreneur, just done uh, kind of inspirational and, and done so many, so many things in, in his life, uh, and in business that, uh, are really kind of a model for so many people. What would have been your first question for Sir Richard? I, I think I'd, I'd want to get his uh, opinion on, on how he knows when to, when to kind of drop something and when to, when to keep going with it. I think this is a question that comes up a lot as you're start playing around with new ideas. There's a lot of talk about, about kind of persistence and the importance of that, uh, importance of that. But there's also this idea of kind of when do you know that something's not going to work and, and how quickly can you kind of move on from that? And, you know, people use the word pivot now, nowadays, but sort of change, change the plan. And so how did, I'd love to know how he thinks about kind of balancing those two things. Yeah, he certainly doesn't have a uh, fear of failure or, or learning, you know, in terms of moving on and creating the next great thing. Uh, what's your favorite actor, outdoor activity? Uh, well, I, I grew up playing, playing soccer or football, as, as I call it in it. In England, so I, that's still kind of a, a huge passion of mine. If I can do that anytime I can, I, I love to do that. Beautiful. Uh, what book would you recommend to our listeners? Oh, there are there are so many. I think one of my recent favorites is called "It's Not What You Sell, It's What You Stand For." A little bit of a cheesy uh, title. It's by another Roy uh, Roy Spence, who's a, a big advertising guy, and it, it's really about the idea of, of starting a, a company or building a, a company with, with real purpose. Uh, and by that, he really means kind of why, why does it exist? But he gets to the, the idea of, of the difference between just a product and a, and a brand that is kind of really important to, to myself and, and Nelson. So I'd probably recommend that to start with. Beautiful. Yeah, we had another guest on recently, Adrian Solgard with his company, uh, how that you know they've built an entire company around sustainability in their products, so it's a uh, it's great to see. So I'm looking forward to picking that book up as well. Last question, and I know the campaign hasn't launched yet, but now that you guys have given gotten your uh, your BAs in pre-launch crowdfunding marketing, if you will, and product design, what does the future of crowdfunding look like to you? Uh, well, I th- I think it's uh, it's only going to get bigger. Um, we we know from our experience over the even just the past few months, a lot of kind of friends and, and family aren't really that aware of, of Kickstarter beforehand. But and once we tell them about it, um, they get super excited. And I could see some of them becoming kind of huge uh, evangelists of, of Kickstarter. And I think, you know, while it's, it's well known, I think there's, there's kind of a way to go in terms of just bringing more and more people into almost into that tent. So we could see, uh, I could see it, it really growing. We're, we're, you know, this is the first time that we've really done anything in the crowdfunding world, and we know that it's it's come a long way since the maybe ten years ago when it when it first really got going. And I could see a similar amount of change in the in the next ten years as well. Absolutely. Well, this has been amazing, gentlemen. Nelson, this is your turn. Give give the audience your pitch. Tell people what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should check you out. All right. Well, it looks like I still got the short straw too, so I'll take it. Um, I, I think I think all of these moments, you know, that are just outside your door uh, that we've talked about, like going to the park, 
to a game, just hanging out with 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 friends and family near your house or apartment. These are these are the moments that uh, that matter and that you connect with people. And so it, you're sit you're oftentimes in these occasions sitting and you're sitting for hours. And so we wanted to give you a more comfortable experience in doing that. And so. We teamed up with a great, uh, great group of designers and engineers, and we designed what we hope uh, you will love, which is a, a folding chair that that uses this folding technology to create, you know, this ultra comfy seat. And so you don't have this pinching, you don't have the sagging into the chair, but it also folds really compactly. So it's you can you can carry it anywhere you want to go. It's lightweight and, and portable in that sense. So so check us out on Kickstarter starting tomorrow, or I guess. Uh, when this airs, uh, it will already be live, but check us out. And uh, if you want a remarkably comfortable chair, uh, consider us, please. Wonderful. Well, audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to the books and the campaign and everything else we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Product Hype. Ben and Nelson, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thanks so much, Roy. Thank you, Roy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it, and of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.